Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the latest edition of The Blend. My name is Steve Benz. I'm sitting here in cold Chicago. My guest today is sitting in warm Los Angeles. Summer out in Los Angeles. We all know him, Gary Myrick and the figures. All right. So he had some great 80s tracks. The one that you're going to remember is She Talks in Stereo. Gary, welcome to the program, my friend. Thanks for having me, Steve. Oh, man, yeah. I need to be in Los Angeles. What am I doing in the cold? I don't know, but Chicago is a great city. Too cold? It's always too cold. I, uh, I lived in uh, Angeles, Los Angeles for 15 years and I left because of work. You went from, what was it? Was it Dallas or Houston? And you went to born, Los Angeles. Born and raised in Dallas and then lived in Austin and then came to California. I left and then came back. I was dumb. You left Dallas. So how did you end up a Texan in California? That just seems a little weird to me that you would last that long, I should say. Well, I'm an open-minded liberal thinker. And so, <laughs> and you know, I'm an art guy. I, I, uh, you know, Texas was great and I'm a fifth generation Texan. Wow. So I'll always be a Texan. Right. Mm-hmm. But I came out here really because I wanted to make records. And in Texas at the time, there was no independent labels. There mm-hmm. was, you know, you were just doing gigs and that was great for, uh, you know, to learn and to play and, and get comfortable and, and I played a million gigs mm-hmm. in Texas, and there were bouncers with guns on their walk on their belts for real. <laughs> I, I even played a place in Dallas called the Cellar, which was oh famous god. for being completely weird. Oh my god! And it, it even had a giant writing on one of the walls that said, "You must be weird if you're here." You know? <laughs> yeah, <And> so. <laughs> So anyhow, some a gun went off one night while I was playing there. Bullet went pew, right over my head. Yeah, for real. I mean, it's the total Texas story that is the real deal. So guys had guns on that worked there. You couldn't have a gun in those. Now you can't. Now you could be packing. Oh, my God. Anyhow, oh my so anyhow, it didn't bother me or anything. I mean, I just went, damn, that's close. I kind of did one of those. And I said, who, who was that? And I, and I actually knew the guy. He hit his gun on a table. You know, I go, hey, you know, and it went, Pew! and I went, oh my God. I said, don't be hitting your gun on the table. Are you crazy? Stop that. So anyhow, but yeah, I don't know how I got on that tangent. Yeah, but, but that could be a good lyric right there. There's a great song right there. Bang your gun on the table. I don't know. There's a song right there for That's you. a country song. That's a country song right there. It is. It is. Bang your gun on the table. I need a lyric and a, I need a credit. So if you can, if you write something, okay. throw me in there. Okay. Just write. Bang your gun on the table is not that bad. It isn't. Now with that, so if you're, if we're thinking this is what, late seventies, is that when you moved to Los Angeles? Or? Yes. It was okay. late seventies. At the time you would think 
how far right Texas might have been back then. I would think. I was right. But see, I was in Austin, too. In Austin, okay. I, I, I mean, I was born and raised in Dallas, played in Dallas, and then I was hired to come down to Austin right. to play in a band down there that was the biggest band in town, and I knew that. It had some great players in it. It had a guy named Uncle John Turner, which was the drummer from uh, Johnny Werner Trio. Oh, okay. Great drummer, great blues drummer. Tommy Shannon played bass, who was uh, in double trouble. And I was replacing Stevie Ray Vaughan. They they fired Stevie. What? I don't know, I don't know what he was doing. I don't. I didn't care. I, you know, at the time he hadn't made any records or done anything. Okay. And and so I they just said we want you to replace uh, this guy Stevie Ray. And I went, oh okay. And I knew uh, I had met Jimmy Vaughn through the years. And okay. So anyhow, I went down there to play. So it and Austin, of course, has always been incredibly. Uh, liberal-minded mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, still is and always will be, I, I hope. And, uh, but there's still a redneck factor. There is. That, you know, everywhere, there is really everywhere on the planet. But there, you know, I, I had to... Adjust? <laughs> well, I didn't have to adjust. I mean, I was born there, so I knew what I was dealing with most of the time. And, I, you know, I had really long hair. And I, I was this thin and, uh, you know wearing like velvet pants and stuff you know so sweet i, I was a troublemaker i guess mm -hmm. to them and uh, but i didn't care and you know i was just playing guitar and doing my thing and writing songs and and in, in dallas i'd been doing all my own material at a at that club the cellar mm -hmm. i had plans to i wanted to do my my songs you know and i so making records was important so i i said well either i go to new york where I'll freeze my ass off oh. or I go to Los Angeles this warm or London and London oh, sounds course. great, but it's really far. It is. So I got to figure that out. So then I went, well, I'll just go to Los Angeles to see how that goes. Yeah. You could have been on Broadway on New York. You could have been in show tunes, right? I should have been cats. There we go. There, there he is, Gary. <sighs> Yeah, you could have been in Cats. I got it already. That is funny that you could have been in Cats. So where'd you land? Did you land in Los Angeles? Because you're thinking this is yeah. the late 70s. Um, it had not boomed. Tons of smog. Over Los Angeles. Okay. Mind-blowing smog, by the way. Mind-blowing smog. Right. Nothing was clean. Right. The Hollywood sign was like, yeah. ready to fall down. It was. It was. Because I got uh, to Los Angeles in the mid to late 80s. It was already a cesspool. So when you yeah. got there, it had to be worse. It was bad. You it would not bad. want to go down Hollywood Boulevard at that time when I first landed there. No way. No, you, you didn't really want to go to Hollywood Boulevard. Not really. Like now it's all touristy. Yeah. Oh. They cleaned it up and there's cops around hiding around to, you know, protect the tourists, which is good. Yeah. Important. Yeah. And of course, it's a little different now with COVID and all that. But Yep. So, yep. yep. But see, know, now... Back then, you and I could drive around in our beater cars. Now, if you don't have a Mercedes or Maserati or a Beamer, you can't go down Hollywood Boulevard or anywhere else anymore. Well, well, maybe you can, but I can't. No, well, I, I also ride a motorcycle. So. Oh, well, see, right there, up the hill. I drive oh. a car. I, I've got like a, a Mini Cooper, you know, uh -huh. I got a little Mini Cooper. So 
I'm, you know, that looks like a little race car, but like numbers on the side and oh, stuff. Nice. So yeah, it's funky. It's so, you know, you, you can do what you want, but you gotta, you gotta keep your head, you know, heads up on everything. Yep, yep, yep. Isn't that really big cities all over the planet? Yeah. Really? It's that way really everywhere. It is. Now, Los Angeles. Right now, I'm, I'm living in the country. Well, yeah, I guess. I, I moved kind of out. I mean, I'm still in Los Angeles, basically. Yeah, in the county, L.A. County somewhere. Yeah, uh-huh. And so I'm out kind of, I, I back up to like uh, a state park. So I'm like in forests. There's oh, forests, okay. And it's, you know, the ocean's like 10 miles that way. So you yep. You yep. feel the air coming in, and it, at night it's silent, brother. I mean, silent. I, I'm amazed all the time. I say to my wife, I go, "Listen, baby, nothing." That's right, absolutely. And then you go, "Oh, see, I lived in uh, Redondo Beach, and I miss oh. that four blocks from the beach, man. I miss that." Redondo's great. Ah, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? Well. It's, it hasn't left. It's still here. I'll get back there. I will. I had, uh, when I first started out, I had an, an office in a small studio on Redondo Beach Pier before it burned. I don't know if you've been there long enough and uh, when it was on fire and uh, oh, yeah. disappeared and stuff. Yeah. So that was when I was back there. So uh, I'll have to get back. But when you landed in Los Angeles, so let's get back to that. Yeah. What was your sound at the time? You had to be listening to something completely different than what you were hearing when you first got to Los Angeles. When I joined, uh, when I hit my band in Dallas mm -hmm. was pretty, uh, it had a, an avant-garde blues edge to it. Okay. And, uh, you know, we were definitely doing our own thing mm -hmm. and uh, plenty of guitar you know, I was writing all the songs, so it had its own thing. I wasn't a hundred miles from the sound that I created in LA. Okay. But, and you know, we were all having fun. Everybody, there was the punk movement that had come right. over from England. Right. And then that had turned into the new wave of art or the new wave of music. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got to remember what new wave really means. It, it, it's, it's a term for all art the new wave of acting, films, the new wave of okay. anything. It can be anything. Okay. So anyhow, I just, you know, was writing. And then I put a band together with a fellow Texan bass player. His name is David Denard, mm -hmm. great bass player, who I knew in Texas, but we weren't really friends. He helped me put that together. Nice. And then we got a really good drummer. And we just, you know, we just started trying to play live. It was all about live, and I, that's and I'm still that way. I, I, my favorite thing is live performance. Always has been, always will be. You know, because it's real. It's right there. It's at the moment, and it, it, it's. I just enjoy it. Yeah. Plus, so, you can't hide your talent. If you have talent, it's right there, and you get a vibe from the audience. Right. Even There's no tapes. No, no. It's the real deal. Turn it on. Here we go. It, you know, either it's happening or it's not happening. So. I don't know. It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. Even if I do it completely by myself with one guitar, it's my, still my favorite thing. So where were you performing back then? I mean, well, it... the club scene really opened up in the eighties, right? Like in the seventies, it was still corporate rock. Was it? Okay. And, and the whole punk movement and new wave movement, which is kind of the same really was 
anti-corporate. True. Like we got to get away from these. This corporate rock is ruining mm-hmm. rock and roll. That was the uh, that was the concept. It's okay. ruined rock and roll. We want to get back to the rebel rock and roll that that existed with guys like Gene Vincent in the fifties and oh. certain things like that, like rebels, real rebels. Okay. Not not made up rebels. Uh, the club scene was into this movement and a boom, 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 you could play. You could, you know, if you, if you were on that trip and trying to be part of it, then you could play basically. So we, we got gigs, we started playing. And before you know it, we had like giant crowds <laughs> and see, everybody was going to clubs like crazy. Right. I mean, lines around the block because it was fresh. Mm-hmm. It was fresh and it was happening. So everybody was curious. What is this? Is it good? Let's see. Right. So anyhow, it was not that hard to play gigs. And then I basically got signed in 1979 uh, from playing shows, live shows. No demos. Didn't go out with demos or live. Here it is. And we had giant crowds and they were going crazy and we were going crazy and we had it down. I mean, we were on fire. Mm. We were on fire. We were determined and we were on fire. And I have a new, uh, since we're talking about this, I'll tell you real quick. Mm -hmm. I have a brand new, undiscovered until recently, live album called Gary Myrick and the Figures Live in Texas. Texas? 1980, it was recorded. And I just was given... It was gifted to me by a radio station in Texas. Now, when I got it, I thought, well, who knows? It could sound terrible. I don't right. know. Considering it was radio in 1980, yes, it could have sounded like crap. It could have been anything. I didn't know. So I listened to it and went, damn, this is the best live performance and recording of that band wow. at the height of their powers. Wow. I mean, we were on fire and it was tighter than a drum could be right super tight so anyhow i heard it i went and see i started my own record label called the sound of vinyl records that's the name of my my label i like it i'm really into doing analog recordings Mm -hmm. i'm nothing against pro tools i've used pro tools a million times and i will use pro tools again but I also know that the sound of vinyl, as we all know now, mm-hmm. is the best sound. It is. It's we here. know. We it's tried it here. You know, that's we the- tried everything, dude. Didn't we? We yeah. tried everything, and we're still gonna use CDs and things, or maybe in a car, or you know, we're gonna use stuff. But the sound of vinyl is the best sound. This had been recorded onto tape mm-hmm. back in 1980. The performance was one performance. We didn't take a bunch of performances, put them together. So okay. I had a whole show. So I just put that out. And so that's available everywhere, like Spotify, uh, iTunes, Amazon.com. But it's only a download. Okay. It didn't cost me really a dime. And I have a big uh, uh, distribution company in Portland, Oregon, that is so nice. They're called the Burnside Distribution. And they distribute all over the world. And so they had approached me about this other album that I just did called called uh, Gary Meyer Forever 
mm -hmm. adventures in 12 string. It's all 12 string acoustic wow. and just me only and no, no band. And uh, it was recorded also. It's, it's got a nod to Lead Belly and really old blues stuff from the 1930s. Wow. And it's, wow. it was recorded on an old ribbon microphone. No way. One microphone, just like Robert Johnson recorded and people like that, which I love and grew up with that. You know, that old blues is what I really, one of my favorite things. I wanted to make that rec a record like that with my material wow. and my guitar playing and stuff. So that, that's how all this, they had approached me to be on that distribution company. So now I'm putting things on that distribution company like this live album from 1980. So anyhow, the bottom line is it's out there. And if you're a fan of, if anybody's a fan of She Talks in Stereo, which is on right. this album live, yep. and it's a good version, yep. every version on it is top notch. Uh, and believe me, I wouldn't put it out there because, uh, you know, the record company put out some live stuff and it was good, but not like this. This is for the fans, really. Now, for that radio recording, what kind of tape was that put on? I, I got to think, 1980. I, that you know, that little thin tape, probably. You it know, wasn't the old uh, the real the, the real the real stuff was it? It could. They, they might have had it on the two inch tape. I don't know for a fact. I could find out if I had to. Yeah, it'd probably be one or two inch tape. Uh, I can't imagine that putting on a real that wouldn't have that would have been way too tinny for that. Uh, oh man, yeah, probably two inch. I did put it in the studio when I got the wow. tape. Wow. I put it in the studio just to check and see if I needed to clean up anything. Yep. Yep. A couple of little cleanups, they were nothing. And then I made sure, you know, everything was, you know, right. the, the sequencing of the album and stuff like that. Yeah, so you didn't have to uh, compress it at all, did you? Tell me you didn't compress it. No, I did not. Oh, we I sound like not. two old farts, man. We do. People are going to be listening that are uh, like half our age. Go, what the hell are they talking about, man? Well, radio compresses naturally. Right. All radio does. So anyhow, it it's really a fantastic live record. Now, I heard the uh, uh, She's in Stereo. I heard that. You know, that was one of those tracks that a lot of people had not heard. And I'm going to give you some kudos, my friend. I thought that was a, going to be a massive hit. So kudos yeah, yeah. to you, man. That should have been a, a massive, massive hit here. Well, you know, the good news is it's been, it's, it's survived well on, uh, well, it was played all over the planet. It was a yep. big hit in Australia, yep. yep, in certain parts of Sweden, all sorts of, you know. So, it, and then it was in, a couple of soundtracks like it was uh, about a year ago it was in csi the tv show uh -huh. and uh, so i you know it still has a life of its own in film and tv yeah i you know i'm a happy guy hey man I mean, you were a cool cat then there right there it tells you just how old i am and you're still a cool cat man it, i mean it was just some badass stuff it just was i have been friends with john Waite for a lifetime Okay. And, and I messaged him and I know that you worked with him with his, was it the, uh, the no breaks? Yeah. I played we were put together. First of all, John won't like this, but I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> we were put together to create a band. Really? We started writing songs together. We hit it off. We went into rehearsal. I pulled in a drummer that was great. Curly Smith was a great drummer. 
pulled mm-hmm. him in. He had a bass player, Donnie Nassau. Okay. Came in. And we were, I was writing songs with John. Mm-hmm. We were going to be a band called whatever, you know, Texas Space Monster Jalopy. I don't know. We didn't have a name. <laughs> we didn't have a name. That's funny. But it was going to be a band, period. Probably the dumbest thing I ever did was during mixing, we finished okay. the album. I had an offer to do a solo album on Geffen. And of course I want to do it. And who knew we were going to get a number one song? Right. We didn't know. We didn't. Who knew? No one knows. No. Record companies don't know. Nobody no. knows no. what a no. giant hit's going to be. So we got a number one song. And I had said to John, dude, I've got my points. I got my songs. Just you can make it a John Waite record if you want to. It's okay. What an idiot. Kept going. Because really, that whole album was mine and his concept. And we were going to be a band. Yeah. But wasn't a John Waite record. I'm sorry, John. It wasn't. You know it wasn't. But he's been, oh, the missing you guy forever. So really, it wasn't. It wasn't that. But that's okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not bitter about it. It's cool. Whatever. I, I still get my royalties and my thing. All that matters. I, I own points on the record. I own a piece of it. It's cool. It was my call at the time. Sure. I didn't know it was going to be a number one song. Right. You know, we got some golden platinum, all the stuff. We were grooving. So be it. Peace and love. I just continued on my way. Right. You know, it's just rock and roll. You just never it's know. Just rock and roll. It's okay. I'm not pissed. I'm just saying what it is. Right. Let's be honest. That's what it really was. And he looked damn good in that video. That's all that I remember from all the women, you know, that, that video, that uh, missing you video. It just launched it. I mean, off you went. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. But don't, don't feel bad because uh, bad didn't survive either. So you don't have to worry about that. No, I'm I'm not mad at anybody. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, you had you look who else you worked with. You replaced Stevie Ray Vaughan. No, we, we, we ended up being on the same label, Epic, oh, and we played some gigs together out in the Midwest. And uh, he's sweetheart of a guy too, yep. by the way. Just want to throw that in. Super yeah. sweet, super nice, and good Texan. Uh, you know, some of his people were people I'd worked with or. Uh, you know, his right-hand man was my right. right-hand man. So we were connected on that level, too. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm sorry, what was our original question? No, it, do- it doesn't really matter, my friend. I don't know. I just went off. It doesn't matter. No, man, just. Oh, you know, I worked with other people. Yeah, I, I played yeah. guitar with. Uh, I think I'm the only guitar player that's worked with a Sex Pistol and a Clash member. Yeah, that. <laughs> That's unbelievable. You know, I saw one little, I don't think it was MTV, but I saw a little snippet and you weren't on uh, Big Audio Dynamite, were you? We went on tour in Havana, 3 a.m. Okay. Paul Simonon was our bass player. Okay. We put the band together, together with mm-hmm. me and two Englishmen, Paul Simonon and Nigel Dixon, who was right. a rockabilly guy from England. Right. Right. Everybody was English except me, a Texan, you know, and they thought Texas was like, wow, man, they got guns and cowboy hats. And, you know, they think, you know, they think all they see all the spaghetti Westerns. And, That's right. And that I can dig it. 
I love that stuff too. And I love spaghetti Western guitar playing and big twanging and surf. I dig that. So we wanted that in the sound. Okay. And uh, so, but we went on tour with Big Audio Dynamite. Okay. In England and in Europe. Wow. For a bit. And then we did our own touring also. And then the bad news is our God bless him, our singer uh, passed away from cancer. Mm. And we were devastated. Mm. And we just went, well. And then I went and made one more record as a tribute kind of to him. Okay. Gary Myrick and Havana 3AM. I remember that one. He and I were going to write the next record together. And and then I just decided to keep on going and finish it. And I'm real, still real proud of that. And it's kind of hard to find, but it's out there. And that's how I started my little thing with Burnside Records in Portland, because that it was on a label there called Burnside. As we look back at like a teenager, usually what we listen to or want to play as a teenager that stays with us. Who did you listen to or who would you try to be as a teenager? See, I started playing guitar when I was 10 years old. Okay. So I'm almost a teenager. Okay. And the earliest stuff that I can remember that I really liked was Dwayne Eddy, guitar player, Nashville, uh, instrumental, big guitar instrumentals, and the Ventures. And stuff like that, surf stuff, kind of cowboy, spaghetti western really? stuff. Okay. That's the earliest. Okay. Very, because it was tough. It was kind of hot rod. It was badass. It was great guitar playing. I love the sound, the big twang, whammy bars down. Right. You know, whoa, man, that was bad. I thought it was great. I got to figure this out. That was my earliest stuff. And then the, the British invasion came in. Right. After okay. that, and I grooved on England a whole lot. And I'm, I still love England. Uh, and always will. You know, that was also a big influence, like early uh, huh. stuff, like uh, Animals, Rolling Stones. We all heard the Beatles. I actually, my mom took me. My mom made me go see the Beatles. Made you. Come she on. I was such a doofus. I was sitting at home and she said, I've got tickets to go see the Beatles. We're going. And I said, oh, no, I don't really want to go. You know, I'm like, I don't know what, 10, 11. Right. And she said, you're going. I went, oh, okay. All right. So she took me, Wow. my brother, my younger brother and my other younger brother, who's almost a baby. Like, you know, I mean, he's tiny. Okay. And she took us downtown Dallas to see the Beatles. Wow. That is awesome, dude. That's that a story. Was, All right. that's, and see, my mom was really supportive of me. She talked me into playing guitar. Okay. She said, you're creative. You need to play an instrument. Right. And I went, okay. I was real amenable as a child. <laughs> She's going to Honey, you don't understand math or science. Go play an instrument. There you go. You know, forget the, you know, she didn't wor worry about anything else. She just said, you're creative. Mm. You need to play an instrument. And I said, well, what? And she said, well, what do you like? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, what about trombone? Because <sighs> my dad played trombone, or he used to when he was in school. Sure. She said, no. <laughs> she said, no. And I went, oh, okay, well, what? And she said, <laughs> 
guitar. I love guitar. I love Spanish guitar. Oh my God. Which I, I learned, you know, I still utilize certain Spanish elements. Not in Havana 3M, that was, yeah. that was a, a part of it too. Right. Certain, you know, uh, Latin elements thrown in here and there. My mom, it's her fault. <laughs> it's her fault. And of course, it became my life's work. So right. it shows how important parents are. It, that's very true. And children. you could have ended up on Broadway being a trombone player right then. Not good. Not good. Very bad. No. I, I, I probably wouldn't have continued right. as a trombone player. Right. You wouldn't have been as cool. And as a songwriter yeah. and then becoming a singer. That made sense. And uh -huh. also guitar players, let's be honest, uh, girls like that. That's very true. And when you're 10 years old, you want girls to like something. Very, very true. Even you if do. you can't play, just it's, having the guitar was important. Just having it was kind of cool. I took it to school, changed my life, changed my life. I went, hey, I got to do this. <laughs> Someone, I keep doing this. Someone's paying attention to me. All right. For the first time, I'm treated nicely. <laughs> it was true. And so I went, hey, man, this rocks. I got to go. I got to I gotta go home and practice. That's right. So, Car, girls, I think I like that. I really do. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you remember the first song that you wrote or sang? I wrote a song called i'm a traveling man mm. 10 years old mm. of course i wasn't a man and i was not traveling <laughs> i was just a child who knew nothing in fact it came from That's two funny. notes that the guitar teacher used to tune the guitar okay you in a guitar you have a low e okay that's the lowest string on the guitar. Right. You have a high E, which is an right. octave higher All down right. at the bottom. That's the thinnest string. So he was going dong, ding, dong, ding, dong, ding. And, you know, to tune, get the octave right. I went, oh, man. I see. I thought that was the coolest thing. This is the first thing I heard. And then when I got home, of course I can do that. I don't even have to. It's just the open string, right? Right. And then I'm a traveling man. No, you're not. You're not a traveling man. You're a, you're a, you're a stay-at-home boy. What do you know? <laughs> so, so, that would have been hilarious liquor uh, lyrics. I'm a stay-at-home boy. That I'm is crazy. Stay at home. <laughs> so, and also, I think that secretly, and I figured this out later, that I had heard traveling man. Yeah. Rick Nelson. Rick, yep. Ricky Nelson. Nelson. Right. Little Ricky Nelson. Yep. Had that, and that was a great song and a hit on the radio. It was. And I bet you, I just went, oh, traveling man, that's great. You know, I didn't know, but I, that's what I did. And I, and, and then I went to school one day and played it. Hey, you're good. He's a guitar player. I had an identity. Oh, this is me now. And then it became me forever. See, that's that's a great story. And yes, that is funny. That's it actually was, funny. It's funny because it's true. It, well, comedy is true. Now you're a slowly traveling man. You know, maybe that's I, no, I have traveled and I will continue to travel. Yeah. 
I have a new manager. Awesome. That, and that you know, and she is fantastic. And we think so much alike. I've never had a good manager. Right. And she is really fantastic. She's a fireball, man. She's a fireball. So she you're in good fireball. hands. I need a fireball. And we really agree on so many subjects. Good. That's good. And uh, her name is Haley Winters. Yep. Haley Winters in Los Angeles. Just thought I'd give her a plug because she is the coolest. Nice. That's nice. And I'm in Los Angeles like once a quarter. So you and I will have to get together. Absolutely, yeah, man. we'll have to do we that. We should all get together. We should get Haley too. And you know what we could do is you being the guitar man, I'll just bring a really big microphone. So then I have an identity next to you. <laughs> you bring your microphone. <laughs> I love microphones, by the way. I, I love old. See, I told you about that ribbon mic. That oh, I would kill mic. for that. I would kill for a mic like that. I would. And they're I'm, out there. Oh. I tell you, there, there's a company in Portland that's making the coolest microphones oh. that remember those old microphones that are about this big around and they're there's a big piece of metal and there's a, there's uh springs holding the microphone in yes the middle. yes okay and and those were used and still are used like at the grand Ole Opry yep. Yep. for bluegrass they're like a whole band is around one microphone yep. right okay and they also use those as the blue note blues and jazz in New York City, mm -hmm. okay. and probably also in Chicago back in those days. Yep. Guys would be playing, they had that microphone, and it was picking up the ambience of the room, which I love. Yep. I've been looking for those. I've been looking for those. I'd like to have that sound on my shows. I'd really love to hear you play something. You know, maybe oh, a okay. well, new track, maybe an old track. I, I want to hear it. I, I think the audience needs to hear you. And then after this interview, I'll play some of your tracks. So we should be good, man. Okay. Well, you know what? I'd love to, but I'll just play this real quick. Okay. I don't really want to play a song. I'm just going to play a little guitar. We don't have a microphone for vocals or yep. anything, but let's, let's check this out. Wow. It's in tune. Okay. <laughs> a pleasure to have you on where can everyone download your music you can go on uh spotify itunes amazon.com really any any place that you know sells music online i should be there and if you are curious about that live album mm -hmm. or this 12 string acoustic record that's very blues oriented you can go on youtube, YouTube. and listen to the whole album awesome. 
Awesome. If you want to and check it out and then go buy it. You don't have to buy it right away, but you can check it out. Oh, then buy it. Gary, this was really badass. I got to have you back. I bet we probably could have talked for four hours. We could have kept going, but that's okay. I'll just have you back. I'll just have you back. That's how it was. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. I love Chicago. God bless Chicago. And uh, I know it's cold, but, you know, you guys can handle it. You're <laughs> tough. Makes you tough. I just you have the great pizza. You got the yeah. electric blues, the, ori yep. the original electric blues. Come yep. on, that's a big deal. That's yep. a big deal. For me, that's a big deal. Man, I'll get you back on Lincoln Avenue, man, where you can just walk in with your axe anywhere, and they'll just say, have a seat, pal. Have a seat. Yeah. And play. I would love to do that. Ah, Gary, always a pleasure. As I always say, peace, love. We will see you next peace time. Peace and Bye. love, children. All right, you take care now. Have a great day. God bless. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.